Any education apart from Jesus Christ is for us miseducation. And it produces not education nor an educated man, but a new race of barbarians who are today busily destroying their civilization. Humanistic education is the institutionalized love of death. Christian education, because it serves him who says, I am the way, the truth, and the light, is the love of life. This is the Love of Life Podcast, Conversations with Jesse and Courtney. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Love of Life podcast. And here we are. We don't have an interview. We're going to do an episode regarding family devotions. We may talk about other things, but we're going to try to stick with just talking about maybe one subject tonight, today, (laughs) whenever you're listening to this. Okay, cool. So so we want to talk about family government. And I'm going to start with a quote by, um, I know for those that are listening to the podcast, they can't see this, but this is a book by R.J. Rushduni called Law and Liberty. And I'm going to start with uh, two quotes from Rush Dooney. He says, quote, The family can prosper if its foundations be solid, and the true foundation of the family is in Christian faith, firmly and solidly grounded in Scripture. And then he also says, The Christian family is basic to God's law order for man. The family is established by God for the welfare and happiness of mankind. The godly family is promised numerous blessings in Scripture long life, children, prosperity, and much more. According to the Bible, man's truest life is in community, and the God-given community is, first of all, the family. Psalms 127 and 128 both celebrate the blessedness of godly family life, and many of the Proverbs resound with its praise. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace be upon Israel. Psalm 128, 4 through 6. So, the core tenet, the very basic um, of our Christian life, is first and foremost the family. The first institution that God made was the family. The first, you know, he makes Adam, he makes Eve. There's your first institution among men. It's neglected often. Um, We don't get a lot of things right. There's things that we're, you know, trying to figure out. But we have the word of God to help lead us in all truth. And that's what it's, that's what it's there for. It's, it's, it's leading us as a sword. And I think far too often in our life, we've neglected it. And we've really up until recently neglected it from the perspective of our family. Or at least all together. Because yeah, like, yeah. through the years we've done not things. Not like we haven't not You've done listened things. I've or read. done things with the kids. But to put it all together and have a time that all of us in unison and regularly are um, gathering around the scriptures, that's that's new. Yeah. In in that way. And it's actually it's a lot simpler yeah. than I guess what I would have thought. Yeah. Which is really neat. I thought doing family devotions was going to be harder. Maybe it was a little bit more tedious, but we typically do it after mealtime. 
at dinner every night. Uh, regardless if friends or family are over, we've actually just been doing it and saying, hey, you're here to eat a meal with us, with friends or family, and uh, we're, we're also going to do devotions. Is, is, is that good with you? And, you know, every time thus far, at least, <laughs> people have said, sure, yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. And it has been a, a true blessing in every sense of the word to even have people join with us and do family devotions. Yeah, I think it's definitely brought like a richness, but you're also kind of getting ahead of us here. Okay. So here's our list. Okay, cool. So Rush quotes so, the need for the devotions yeah, themselves. Yeah, so why, why even do devotions? What's well? What's the premise <laughs> for that? Well, we're a husband or a father, um, if you have a family, and if you're married, if you have kids, or if, you're, or if you have kids that are grown up, um, and it's just you and, and, and your wife. A husband is the head of the family, and he's called to lead his family in example and in word and in deed. And part of that is leading leading as the head to the word of God primarily. Um, so there's a um, an obligation that Christian husbands have in the home to be leading their families um, in the word of God. And um, even though not every husband is like myself, I, I'm not a pastor, but we as men are called to be resident theologians um, and we're called to study, show ourselves approved. And even if we don't know Hebrew and Greek, we have so many resources at our disposal, um, not just our pastors that we know, but either through online or other books there, are, you know, there's lots of questions that our kids already have that I go, I don't know the answer to all of this. And there's questions that you have uh, every day, it feels like. <laughs> Where I go, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I could probably find it for you. And sometimes I'm able to find it. And sometimes I'm like, no, we're going to need to ask the pastor about this or, or, or whatnot. But as men, we are called to lead our homes. Um, and part of that is leading our wives and children, if we have children, to the word of God. Where do you see that in the Bible? Well, you actually kind of see it all over. You see it in, in Joshua um, Joshua chapter one says that, uh, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Um, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. So for all Christians, for all Christians, not just husbands, but for all Christians, the book of the law, the, the word of God is, is to be meditated on. And for a long time, even with ourselves, we were not all together, like you said, doing it as a, as a, as a unit, as a family. Um, you know, I would teach the kids some, some of the word during school or, you know, I would read the word myself. You would read the word yourself. But now there's this cohesion where as the head, I'm reading the word, we're all discussing the word, we're talking about the word, and um, and there's great blessing that goes along with that. Similarly, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you fully, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing your own selves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you shall do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, even the Father by him. And Paul is writing to a church because the very next directives that he talks about are to wives, 
to husbands, to children, to servants, etc. And you have Paul writing specifically to the church at Colossae, and he's telling them, uh, everybody, listen, let the word of Christ dwell in you fully in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing your own selves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So it's something that we're called to do uh, as, as heads of our home. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess what, do we talk about effects first or just some of the practical, like what does it look like? Um, well, you want to talk about how we're doing it right now specifically? Yeah, I think so. Let's talk about what we're doing. And I think the thing is it can look different for every home and yeah. every home is going to look different depending on, you know, how many people you have or if you have little kids or grown kids or, you know, whatever. But, um, I think the main thing is it's, it's really impactful and it's not, it's not scary or intimidating. So right now what we're doing, um, well, you just changed it tonight, but we have been starting with, we start with prayer and we do it right after dinner. So, um, that's the time that works best for us. We're able to be consistent with it. And like you said earlier, it's become this really like precious time. Um, but if a different time works in your schedule, don't let that hinder you. But right after dinner, um, we pray. And then we've been going over the Ten Commandments um, with our kids. And then tonight, instead of going over the Ten Commandments, we're beginning to learn the books of the Bible. Um, and then... Do you anything before you read the word? We pray. We I pray. We pray. We do the Ten Commandments and or books of the Bible. Right. And then we read a section of scripture. Right now we're going through the Gospel of Luke. And we don't read full chapters. We don't, you know, we don't sit there for hours uh, or anything like that. The whole time it probably takes altogether is 15, maybe 20 minutes for the whole thing. But the scripture reading is relatively short. I mean, I, I try to piecemeal or read a paragraph or two out of a chapter and then stop, reflect on it, ask questions to the kids, to you, and then we'll discuss it and then we'll make application of the word. So it's not, it's not rocket science. It's not something that, you know, you need to go through 10 chapters a day or, or, or whatever. Um, the point is to start and to start wherever you're at. Um, and that, um, Again, there is just such a, there's such a rich and tremendous blessing in doing it. Um, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So you share, you read the word and mm -hmm. then we talk about it. You ask questions, make applications. If the kids have questions, you know, you open it up and a lot of times you'll have to say, I'm not sure I'll get back to you. We have a lot of question askers, um, which is great. It's great that we're discussing these things. It's great that they're engaged and interested and it's also it's not just for our kids like it's for us and yeah. we are getting um a tremendous lot out of it as well um and then after that we say the lord's prayer and then we sing the doxology and then sometimes um we'll sing a bonus song like our kids have been learning oh come oh come emmanuel um so we sing that and then sometimes we're also We've just been learning Psalm 128, which you quoted in that Rush Dooney quote, yeah. and it's a really great song. It's just Psalm 128, but the melody is lovely. Um, and 
even that, like just, I guess the repetition of those things, like our kids are learning them really well. And instead of them growing like boring because we're doing the same thing, I feel like it gets better and better and richer. And I feel like singing, especially singing like joyful songs with other people brings like an extra richness than just like singing it by yourself or just listening to it. It's like you're experiencing that Thanksgiving or that joy in unison together. And that adds to it. Um, but yeah, with O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, our one-year-old sings along. Like she, <laughs> not every word because her vocabulary is not that great, but she knows the song. She recognizes it and you can hear like rejoice. She's starting to get really well in Israel. Israel like yeah. she sings along in her. And she can't gibberish. even string a full, she can't even string a full sentence together Yeah, at her age, but she's getting the rhythm, the cadence, and then certain words she knows what it is. She knows what it is. She, Sometimes she in the morning it. when she wakes up and she's in bed, like she's singing it to herself. And you can tell mm. by her humming and her gibberish what song it is, which yeah. is really amazing. Yeah. Well, the, and, and that goes back to the family structure, the family government. Like Our roles as parents, me as the head, you as the wife, is to get the word of God in ourselves and into our children and into their bones um, our, our, our role is to get them to know scripture and get them to love the word. Um, you know, it shouldn't be, I think in the West, we've grown up with this f- weird facade of, you know, I go to church and I'm good, or I, you know, I, here's the Bible and it's on my shelf, but I don't need to really read it or grab it or, you know, or whatever. It just sort of stays there. Um, it's it's not good enough to be on our shelves. It's not good enough to go to church alone. Like we're called to um, let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, and 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 part of that is imparting that to our offspring. Yeah, and I think like you have made this point in discussing this that it's not like you have to really like force the word into your kids or even into yourself. It's like God does that work. He works the word into us. We do what he's called us to do. Let the word dwell in you richly. Talk about the Lord when you're going by the way, when you're walking down the street, when you wake, when you rise. So we do that. We, by even just doing this simple 15 minute, like pointing our kids to the word and even the 10 commandments, I feel like, you know, that is... God's moral law. That's what he says is good and right. And when we have that before us, like it starts to make an impact. It starts to, we start to see um, life and situations in light of what God says and what he calls. Like even our kids are able to identify, you know, if they hear about something that's wrong. That breaks God's law. That's murder. Like no. they are very quickly making that connection because we're putting the word before them. But even for me, it's made me think just more um, more concretely about things. Like, oh, that, that breaks God's law. Like, we need to have his word in us. And it's a really not intimidating way to approach it, to get more of the word in us. And then not even have to feel like we have to do X, Y, and Z so that we're really getting the word in us. It's like the word does the work. The Lord makes the word apply to us. 
he promises to watch over his word and to not let any of it return void. So like the true heart work of it, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Doug Wilson say recently something about he took something from J.R. Tolkien, like everything that he thought in his imagine, everything that he read came from, and, and then the ideas that he created out of Lord of the Rings uh, came from the leaf mold of his imagination, which he was connotating that to, you know, reading the word of God and just going through it and going through it and going through it, but not trying to necessarily even pick up every single word and know what every single thing means, but continually go through it over and over and over again. Um, and then things will harken back that third reading, that fifth reading, that whatever number reading, um, that will be, Oh yeah. I, I remember reading that at this particular time or that time or whatnot. I remember he said that recently and that, yeah, that stuck like out. it starts to be, a foundation in your mind, even if you can't pick up every little place that everything is, it's like a, like the leaf mold. It's like that covering mm -hmm. on the ground and in your brain yeah. of things, which, yeah, we definitely see. Yeah. Um, another thing about devotions, like so I've been reading through the old Testament. So from Genesis and now I'm in first Samuel and I'm amazed at how many times like already what's happened in the narrative to this point has been recapped like over and over to where sometimes I'm like, did I just read that chapter? Like again, they're going through how God was the deliverer and what he did with Moses and what he did with Noah. It's like you keep hearing about the children of Israel and God's deliverance of them, his protection over them or their rebellion and his drawing back. Like that history keeps being repeated and repeated and repeated like we need that too no we need to hear of god's deeds we need to hear of what he's done for for us over no. and over and over and that's part of why it says in hebrews we exhort one another daily so that we're not hardened by the deceitfulness of sin you know it's it's not good enough that we just know a verse and then just move on and not meditate on it not exhort one another um but it's it is profitable and we're commanded to do so. We're commanded to exhort one another. So what were catalysts for us doing this and feeling like, oh, yeah, let's just start this. Let's just start tonight. I think it was a few things. Um, one was our church started talking about it. Our pastor, one of our pastors started to talk specifically about doing family devotions. Um, and, you know, when you say family devotions, especially if you're, in a Christian home or you grew up in a Christian home, it sounds 101. Okay. Yeah. Family devotions, but do you do family devotions? And I think for us, it was like, I was doing devotions during the day with the kids, but it was more of like Bible reading time, not a family time of prayer and going through the multiple things that we've discussed. Um, but I think church was one. What were the other things that brought on us doing this? Church was one. I was reading, um, a book that talked about family devotions. I think it was what one book? of the ones. Yeah, it was by Nancy Wilson. It was either, <laughs> um, Praise Her in the Gates or The Fruit of Her Hands. Okay. But she talks about, and I don't think it was like daily devotion she was talking about. I think it was like their Sabbath dinners mm. and like they do, um, no, it was about family devotions because she talked about their kids growing up. Yeah. But she was saying how like time around the table 
like how cool that picture is like fellowship around the table with in family devotions helps translate to fellowship around the table when you're taking communion at church like that time of togetherness centered around what Christ has done centered around the word and even how like her kids would linger at the table or like they'd save their questions and that would be like this rich family time and I guess I thought well our kids are so much younger it probably won't be like that but you know how I, I love that that's so neat but since we've started doing it like none of our kids peel off like we don't have to say okay stay and that was something like we noticed after a few weeks it was like do you notice that like no one's leaving the table. They all just hang around. They like, ask to do devotions. Yeah. Oh, Are we doing now, devotions? I think now there's now it's so ingrained that we do it that they're they're like okay, family devotions. Like let's let's just get to it. Let's you know, let's start it. Yeah, they want they it. Want they want to. Yeah. So that's been really neat and it's yeah. not having to pin everyone to their chair or anything. It's just become a part of like our family culture. And it's almost like something's missing if we don't do it. Because yeah. it's such a short time but it's such a rich time um and the baby does not always hang in there sometimes no. especially through like when it you're gets, reading this it gets crazy she gets sometimes a little, uh restless but she loves the singing yes so even if she's kind of lost interest when we start singing then she's back in no. um but yeah i feel like it does kind of it just creates the atmosphere of of fellowship and a rich time and hanging around the table and um I love even just the visual picture that that is mm-hmm. around that table and then translating to mm-hmm. around Christ's table. Yeah. Oh, one of the other things that got us started on this was months ago watching a documentary with Doug Wilson. Um, <laughs> it didn't mean to mention him all night, uh, but one of the things was he was he was singing the doxology with his family around his table. And it had nothing to do with the documentary per se. It was about him debating uh, an atheist. Uh, was it Hit- Christopher Hitchens, right? Maybe. I think so. Um, and it just showed a little bit of his life, his teaching and stuff like that. And one of the things that he does is they, around the table with family, they do, I assume, devotions. But particularly, there's, he's singing the doxology with his family before the meal. And I thought, that's really amazing. That there's really something that I want to incorporate in our family. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting how it's not been one particular thing, but it's been multiple things that now we're like, ah, this this whole construct is is good, and 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 now we do all of that. We do devotions and prayer and learning the Lord's prayer, doxology, um, the Nicene Creed. Did you mention doing the Nicene Creed? Oh, that we're going no, through that. Okay, that. that's another that's aspect. Like that. That's another thing that we're doing is going through the creed. But the kids are learning the creed, and you know, a few months ago, if you had asked them what the Nicene Creed was, they'd have said we had no idea. But now they know it, and they know what it is, and they they every night we just go through it. And yeah, I mean, kids are so good at latching onto things and memorizing things. It's not just a few times we go through it, and then they know it better than we do. You know, right. Yeah. I think another thing kind of in the mix, and this wasn't even really about family devotions, but you had a friend months ago share with you that he was reading through, well, I guess it is devotions, devotions that his dad wrote. Mm, Like for years and years, his dad wrote out devotions for his kids. Just, I don't know if they were elaborate or simple, but he just hand wrote devotions. And so like each of the kids has like a copy of 
these devotions that their dad wrote specifically for them. And for both of us, I think that was like, well, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, and then what a thing that you can pass down. Yeah. So this isn't obviously exactly the same. There's nothing written, but we are also passing our faith down through this. And we are modeling, especially for our sons, how to lead family devotions. Mm -hmm. Like, so this can easily be a part of their lives when they're married and with their children because they've seen it done. We've taken out the guesswork of, wait, how do you get that started? Because we just started it. Right. Um, and again, it's simple. Yeah. It's not this, it's not intimidating. And like it, just, historically and additionally, you had mentioned this a little while ago. So oh, yeah. don't, don't, don't forget to mention this, the Corey Ten Boom uh, yeah. aspect. So we read um, The Hiding Place and it's been years since I've read that. But one thing that has stuck with me is that Casper Tim Boom, their father, and this is like when the girls are grown and they're both single, they're spinsters and they're living in his house. He would daily in the morning read them. I, I believe it was the Psalms, but he would read scripture out loud every morning. And, you know, so they had memories years later of his big voice reading scriptures. Um, and, even later when they're in the concentration camp and their access to scriptures is just that little, I think it's just even the New Testament that Corey was able to smuggle in, but they had so much of the Psalms memorized just from their dad reading it out loud. Just what a gift that is, that yeah. that word was stored in their heart just from their father reading it. Um, and similarly, talking to my mom just a week ago, she was saying that she can still remember hearing her dad singing in church. Like mm. she still in her mind can hear his, his big voice yeah. singing. And what a gift that is yeah. like for fathers to instill that in their children, not by forcing it or, but just by that being a part of their life, that they're singing and praising God, that they're reading the word that it does um, by God's design yeah. work into them and become a part of even in their adulthood their memory, their, yeah. the fabric of, um, of who they are. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's so good. Was there, were there more aspects to what you were, what we had written um, down? Well, I think just like a couple of other things. This is the Bible that you've been using. It's the new Testament in modern English. That I've been using or they've been using. You've been using. Okay. <laughs> what did I say? Well, okay. that you've been using. So yeah. Oh, me. Yeah. By J.B. Phillips, and it's it does really make things plain. Um, yeah. So, and it's just the New Testament, but that has been easier language, I guess, mm -hmm. for the kids. Although, I, I mean, I feel like we could read any translation, and it's good. Yeah. But, um, and then another suggestion from our pastor who talked about family devotions was, like, if your church has a liturgy that they do, to learn the different pieces of it. Because it only helps your kids participate in worship the more familiar they are with the different pieces, which is why we're doing the Nicene Creed, because that's mm -hmm. something that we say every week. Um, and you're able to engage more. The more you know it, the more familiar you are with it. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. 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 If kids can be quoting Star Wars and cartoons and everything else out in the world, the things that we should be getting into them is the most important thing of all is God's word. That's what, that's what the kids should be really getting at home. 
So you mentioned, but not just kids. I was going to say, not just not just you mentioned, no matter who you are, no matter what your situation is, absolutely. Even if you're, you know, all your kids are grown and it's just a husband and wife. So how does it look differently? Does it look differently? Well, we know a couple in our church that um, they don't have kids. They're they're in their sixties, I want to say, and um, we just had them over recently, and you know they do devotions together. Um, I don't know if it was if it's in the morning. I think it's in the morning. morning. I think it's in the morning. But essentially, they they do something very similar that we do as well. My grandparents do too. Okay. In the morning. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, where they read scripture. Yeah. And they pray and. Yeah. So in that regard, again, like I said earlier, this is not just about oh, if you have kids, this applies to you. It's like no, no, this applies to all of us. This applies to everyone. Uh, If you're married and you have a wife, this applies to you. You're right. So yeah, it, it, in, in any age, this is not about, you know, if you're, if you're in this category, this is what you should do. Like, no, this is the word of God and it applies to all. It applies to all of us. So it's an easy, practical way to have your faith be active, yeah. be present in your home. It helps set a tone. Um, yeah. And we've really seen an effect in the children and in us, just attitudes, going to bed at night. Now, these are all things that have come out of this. I don't think these are reasons to do it. Uh, we do it because it's the word of God. We do it because we're called to it. But even but but out of doing this, it has changed just the it's, it's changed all of us, right? Yeah. I mean, unless unless I'm wrong, I mean, I, I really think the attitudes throughout the day are different with the, with with us, with the kids. Um yeah, it's just it's it has been uh, it's just been a tremendous blessing, which comes it stems out of obedience. You know, it stems out of obedience of of abiding by the word and in Christ, and we're seeing that just being displayed in our life and then in the lives of our kids. Not perfect, of course, not at all, uh, but you know, it it really has changed a lot of things for the good, and there is tremendous blessing in it. Because God is faithful. Yes. And I feel like it orients our conversation. You know, it helps. I mean, I think like we've already mentioned, just some of the things that the kids are saying or noticing, or like there's even more of a sensitivity Mm. um, to the Lord. Like we saw a tiny preview of like a really dated movie that was um, showing like magic. And I mean, it was like the preview, (laughs) a tiny clip. And it really, really bothered our son. It was like, that is not of Yahweh. That is not good. And it was like, you know, a kid movie trying to be innocent, but he could tell it was not of the Lord. It was, a, it was the occult, but we didn't, nobody had to say that to him. And again, it was this tiny clip, um, but that he knew that it was like, wow, yeah. the spirit is quickened. It's. And I, I would attribute a lot of that to church and family devotions, just that we are putting the word before them. And um, yeah, it's it's really, really neat. Yeah, that's really great. So do you have anything else here or do we want to talk about briefly what we're going to do, which is we're going to eventually at some point, maybe this week or next, I don't know when, we'll, we'll record uh, somehow, we'll, we're going to record our family doing devotions so that way you can kind of see how we're doing it and yeah. 
We're not experts. Check it out. We're not experts. Your but... flavor can look different. Yeah. I mean, and we haven't even been doing it that long, but already we can see just, yeah, like you've said, this huge richness and more than, I, I don't even think we expected like to to receive anything out of it. It mm -hmm. was like, we should do this. This is good. This is like putting together the pieces of what we're doing and just combine it. And then we're like, wow, this is amazing. This right. is incredible. We look forward to it as do the kids. So yeah, we'll just show you just so you can, it's like demystified. It's an easy thing and you can start it today. Yeah. Already you probably have enough that you can just go on. You yeah. can do it, but um, yeah, we'll record it. And I would like to get some other families to record theirs too. Yeah. Everyone's probably looks different and that's good. And that's, you know, can be reflective of every family. No. Yeah. Okay. So, so, all right. That's all. Go do family devotions. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Love of Life podcast, Conversations with Jesse and Courtney. It is our duty through our schools to create a new one a God-centered one. We are told in Proverbs 8, verses 35 and 36, For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death.